Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast in conjunction with the ABA Task Force. I'm your host, Ms. J, and I hope you enjoyed today's show. Let's dig in and do life together with behavior analysis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Life with Behavior Analysis. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in to today's episode. On today, I have a little... um, I have two guests. It was a little different from what we normally do. I know we usually go over um, research or we're talking about a biz, you know, businesses and opening your own business as an ABA provider. But today I want to delve into religion. Now, we know that Skinner really didn't believe in religion, but many of us do. Many of us as behavior analysts do. And there's a conundrum there sometimes where you are looking at human behavior and everything that a human does or that people do. And you also have your religious beliefs, which sometimes they can conflict with the research. So today I wanted to talk to two of my pastors and really delve into the human behavior of religion and look at some of the things that we may encounter in our own walks with, with God, with with Buddha, with whomever you decide to believe in. So I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves and we'll get this conversation started. So whoever wants to go first, take it away. I think we'll, we'll just kind of bounce off each other. what you say, Ash? Yeah, that yeah. sounds good to me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm Vince and uh, that's Ash. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we are the lead pastors of the Outlet Community Church. Our, I guess, offices that we work out of are based out of Atlanta, Georgia. But thanks to the pandemic, we are all over. Uh, so we're, we're definitely online and have been really expanding our reach online uh, through that. Our church is uh, almost three years old, probably around two and a half years. So time definitely flies when you're having fun. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that uh, uh, I'm excited about at least is that I'm married to the lady that's on this line with me, Ashley. So, Aww. hey, lady. <laughs> They're so sweet. I swear it's ridiculous. <laughs> this, is only, this, is, this is only for the radio. This is only for radio. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, we, we, we've oh. been together now for what, like 10 years? No, been married for 10 years together for almost 14 years. Okay, so she's terrible amazing. with numbers. Let me tell you. No, let me tell you. We're, we're going, we're going on 15. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. It doesn't matter how long I've been here. I, I need to get credit for my time served. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I, I, break, I break the women's stereotypes a little bit. because Yes, you are breaking know, it. First date, the first kiss, the first one. And I'm just like, ooh, we were together? None of it. None of it. <laughs> Like what? She, she's like, was I there for that? Like, I mean, I would hope so. It's like, it's not like a Bill Cosby thing. Like, hey, there, try this Jello pudding. <laughs> My pudding pop. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. <laughs> uh oh, behavior analysis. Let me act like we have some education. Yes, okay. Please. So it is okay. Uh, okay. Okay. We, we this just, is this know. is fun. This is what we do. We have fun. Got when it. We talks. Got it. Got it. So yeah, I mean. I think the biggest thing that we're learning is that everything has gone through a reset. I'm sure, Mm -hmm. uh, Jay, you've seen that in your field. You know, what we all went to school for no longer exists. We're trying to find some semblance of it. But the reality is all of our paradigms, all of our ideology has been 
really upended. And I think we all have been given a clean slate to bounce back from and to create something beautiful. So I, I would encourage anybody who's listening, like, you know, open your heart, um, get innovative. Anybody right. can adapt, but it takes someone who is really looking at the trends and wanting to be cutting edge and willing to take risks. Uh, you can be very innovative in this time. Right. Especially with social media, with, I mean, we carry computers in our back pockets. I mean, there's so much that we can do to not only help ourselves, but to help those that, you know, for us behavior analysts, to help those that we're entrusted to help. So let's just jump on in and let's get into religion. So first of all, what do you guys believe and how do you see that translate every day in your everyday life? Uh Oh, you're breaking up just a little bit. Oh, yeah, you are. So I'm breaking up. Yes, you are. That's okay. okay. I think you're back. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So we're getting us a situation over here. No. um, So what do I believe? I believe there is a God. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's start mm-hmm. there because I know a lot, a lot of people don't. Right. <laughs> um, right. I believe he is of triune nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe in the foundational truths of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realize everybody, you know, doesn't doesn't always or or you know what I will say I, from what I've heard and, and hear most people say nowadays is they take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. So nobody's as- ascribing to one particular thing. Right. They're um, being more eclectic. It is. It's, it's more, you know, yeah. So, so they love the values that the word of God gives, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not the whole entire truth in its entirety of, of cover to cover. This is what I, believe this is what I live by right right. there's not that but I will say as for me I do believe in the word of God and that is the foundational truth I'm gonna rock the cradle okay Uh, and I'm really not a strong believer in religion right right I'm really not and I know that's kind of shocking as a pastor to say I really don't fool with religion like that And, and here's why I'm not saying that I don't believe that there's a God, mm-hmm. but what I'm saying is when we think of religion, various religions, there's a set of uh, rules, codes of conduct, mm-hmm. their expectations, their things to strive for. And often what is created through religion is condemnation. There's mm-hmm. this feeling of, I don't measure up mm-hmm. because the person who was leading um, has put before me a standard mm-hmm. and I find that as the harder I try to live up to that standard, the more I'm falling. Right. And what that creates internally is a lower esteem of self. I believe that we all need to have a healthy esteem. Mm-hmm. Um, but religion in the way in which it has been presented um, for the masses uh, is, is more about do's and don'ts. And so I think, as my wife so eloquently put, as people who believe in the Bible, I believe that a part of this new covenant we have is about relationship. Right. And so I believe in a thriving, a growing and authentic relationship where we all can measure up to Christ, but he's not throwing us away when we don't look just like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been in this thing over 30 years. So mm-hmm. right. um, I think that's kind of where my basis or my foundation is. And, um, but I think you said something key there. I think, 
it, it wasn't that um, it was the Bible that made you feel in condemnation. Mm-hmm. It right. was how it's been presented. That's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. Throughout the years. That's it. And so I think that's been the biggest pitfall and harder for a lot of people to really know Christ was in the way it was presented. It was, well, you're not good enough. And right. You're never right. Be good enough. And, and what happens is when we're able to peel back the curtain, because we come from an upbringing in church where it's do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And we come from, especially when we're children, where those who are in leadership, especially, and I'm speaking from a Christian perspective, because that's the only one I know. Right. Um, you had leaders who lorded over you what you should be doing. But what we didn't understand until the last decade or so is a lot of this social emotional learning where it could be that those who were in leadership over us lacked a very necessary EQ to lead well, mm-hmm. but they also were leading from a place of low self-esteem. So a lot of the condemnation that came across the pulpit was actually a projection of the low self-esteem that they possessed. Mm. So you've got people who don't want anything to do with church, yeah. right? Don't want anything to do with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they feel like they're tiptoeing and sneaking behind God's back when they want to go turn up a little bit. And the reality is, God, He's <laughs> He's never left us. No, <laughs> right. But right. Then, so it's it's weird, right? It's this polarizing spectrum because it's that yeah. it's those who feel like I got to tiptoe in the church, right? Yeah, yeah. But then on the other side, there's those that feel like holier than thou, right. and mm-hmm. feel like because I practically live in this church building, I serve on this and I serve right, on that, right, I've been right, here for such and such years, and all this stuff that I'm doing, quote unquote, that I have ascribed to some level of Christianity that could never be um, uh, temp- tempted. It's never without sin. It's never, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not that person. It, so, and often we've seen it's because they're hiding something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, that's true. Yeah. And uh, they can't make it outside of the church bubble, the, the mm-hmm. subgroup community. I agree. Mm-hmm. Create their own community where they're the mayor, they're the governor, mm-hmm. the president. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, think about all of these terms. Now, part of it comes from, especially in the black church, are, uh, you know, a lot of slave theology and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really introduced to Christianity. Uh, the only place that we could be esteemed as a human was inside of church. So that's where you right. had your superintendents because African-Americans were not allowed to be superintendents. You know, outside of that, that's where you have your uh, your uh, first lady. Right, right. The thought of a black first lady is, is, you know, definitely not something that we could have ascribed to. So we replicated mm-hmm. the world that we weren't accepted in and created it inside of our own um, church spheres. The only issue is whenever you create something to not be like something else, you, you are always going to become what right, you're trying not right. to be. So true. So true. So I think it's created this overall um, disingenuousness that I believe the church mm-hmm. or people now have concerning the church yeah. mm-hmm. um, where I don't, they're inauthentic. They're insincere. You guys are struggling with the same things I'm struggling with, but yet nobody's right. talking about Nobody's going to talk about it. Right. Right. So how do, for those that don't necessarily ascribe to Christianity, how do they first, if they're looking, say, for a religion or if they're looking for a deity to believe in, how do they how would they even start as a Christian or to ascribe as a Christian 
in given our world, given all of the information that we that we have access to, given um, the different things that we hear, you know, people say, oh, I don't trust pastors. I don't trust this person because they're human, just like me. Like, what could they do to jump into or to build that relationship? I think that's the the ending of what you said is actually the answer. It's a building of a relationship. They're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I can tell you firsthand, uh, being a pastor and living with a pastor and being the pastor that I live with, uh, I'm human. <laughs> and sometimes, wow. sometimes I don't I don't trust me either. You know, yeah, <laughs> so. will, you know. But I will say, like, we think trust is to be given. Trust mm-hmm. is not to be given. Trust is earned, earned. over time. And right. so I do believe that. Whoever you're with, I'm not saying go in there like, oh, you know, with the side eye with everybody, but I am saying um, watch that person, watch the fruit of that person's life, not mm-hmm. only in the church, but their their family, you know, and see, is this person real? Are they mm-hmm. authentic? Um, yeah, because I, I think if you give too much trust too fast, yeah, it's, it's going to be disappointing. So I think right. the first step for someone, you know, who may not have any idea about where to start around the Christian faith to explore a genuine Christian faith it, what I would say is to take all the church and off of it and just speak regular English, find mm. a safe space. Right. I, I think that's the, the first thing, find a safe space. And for those who are Christian and those who do belong to church environments, give an inventory of how safe are the spaces that you're in and what kind of safe spaces are you creating? Mm-hmm. And what does a safe space look like? Right. That's to, what that was going to be my next question. So, yeah, what does the safe space look like? <laughs> we have to rid ourselves of judgment, mm-hmm. um, and we have to be honest where we have prejudgments. Another word for prejudgment is prejudice. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of us have an element of prejudice. We might not want to admit that, but all of us deep down have to root out certain biases that either mm-hmm. we've grown to accept due to experience. Or uh, some things that you've seen happen more times than not. Right. For instance, I'm over here in part of Atlanta where uh, on the outside it looks really multicultural. Mm-hmm. But um, really on the inside, it's a lot of my fellow African-American individuals working there. Mm-hmm. And one of the restaurants there is a Japanese hibachi restaurant. And okay. Ash and I... Um, you know, when we first moved over to the area, we saw that there was a Japanese hibachi restaurant. It's a cuisine that she and I love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when we went in and I saw Ray Ray cooking up the hibachi, <laughs> I, I, my prejudgment kicked in. And I said, you know, I kind of realized I don't really want to understand what the guy cooking my hibachi is saying to me. That's that's my prejudgment. Judge right. me if you want. But that's my prejudgment. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I listen. If I go to a Japanese restaurant or an international restaurant, mm-hmm. I need at least one person, at least with somebody related to somebody <laughs> from the country that I'm going. I, what am I? Am I wrong? No, like, I no. I okay. have. I'm not even going to lie. I have that same bias. Like, Pre- you know, this is a safe space. <laughs> So I have that same, you know, like if you go to a Japanese restaurant, you expect someone of Asian descent to be cooking your food because that's what the cuisine is. So I I get it. We all have our implicit biases. <laughs> so I understand completely. Like I if I go to, you know, Dame's Chicken and Waffles, I expect certain people to be in the kitchen. I understand. I understand, Pastor. I'm with you. 
Thanks. 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 I'm so we've got we to be honest with where we have bias to, right. to, to yeah, remove right. judgment. Especially the church, especially the church. I, I feel like, um, you know, you're a safe space when you're able to take all that you are and bring everything that you are to a, to a person and, and you not feel like they've shunned you in some kind of way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. And that's not easy. It's not easy to be vulnerable. We were just talking about this, that you can be transparent, but not vulnerable. And those that, are two okay. different things. Okay. So and there are what does people, that mean? Like you can be yeah, so, transparent, so but not vulnerable. Transparency tells is I'm going to tell you what I want you to know. Mm-hmm. But vulnerability mm-hmm. says, ask me what you want to know. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it gets people to it, it. It gives people an invitation to kind of probe the your insides, right? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you for you to show yourself. Uh, where whereas transparency is like I'm only going to tell you this, right, right, but, but, and that's it. <laughs> but we value we value transparency, I right? Feel like, I feel like little Daryl in this seat. You, you feel see like it? <laughs> well, no. The wonderful thing is nobody sees you. Yeah, nobody can see you. I'm gonna paint a picture for everyone listening right now. <laughs> I am typically about six inches taller than my wife. And right now I'm coming up to her elbow because of my child's chair right now. This is this is the child's chair. But anyway, I just noticed that. Guys, if you got, if, can hear you I wish back. that the audience could see the picture that you, like the actual, <laughs> <laughs> like his head is on her shoulder. Because that's, that's as far as he it's comes perfect. up to right Listen, now. We're not Zoom ready today, y'all. Y'all know about that Zoom ready I'm life. Trying to, I'm trying to. Like I'm trying to make my point, and I got to climb up to the the microphone. Like, and, and <laughs> oh my god! But, but we value in our culture transparency that we don't even get to vulnerability. Oh no, that's true. That is true. Now that you made the distinction between the two, I tell people all the time: I try to be open, honest, and transparent. But that's what I want to share. I don't allow the vulnerability. I don't allow people to ask those questions to get to know me on a different level because there's unfortunately a wall there where it's like, nope, you can only know so much. Yeah, so yeah. that's a, a really good distinction. But but now, again, we're talking relationship. So mm-hmm. a lot of times we can pinpoint the breakdowns in our external relationships that mm-hmm. then translate to our personal relationships. And again, for people who believe in the Christian faith with God. So what happens is we go to God mm-hmm. telling him what we want him to know. We're transparent. With we're mm-hmm. transparent. Mm-hmm. But we're not like, God, ask me. Right, right. Yeah. And it first comes to the place where when it comes to creating a safe space, and removing judgment, that first means judgment of yourself. Mm-hmm. And not saying, oh, I thought I'd look, my life would look this way. I thought it would look that way. Again, we have yeah. these expectations. At this age, I told myself I was going to do this. But at this age, this is what I'm doing. This is where mm-hmm. I'm at. I don't mm-hmm. know if I can really accept that. You have to accept. That's the first step. Right, being right. a safe person is saying, here I am. Mm-hmm. Flaws and all. Flaws and all. And by God's grace, <laughs> I'm going to make it another day. Yeah. And I think within the church context, if people aren't able to be honest, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this, they're not getting healed because healing can only come when honesty is there. Mm -hmm. And if someone feels like they have to hide a piece of themselves or a piece of their past or their trauma or their pain or their hurt from you, Mm -hmm. Because of what you're gonna say, there's no healing. They they have came and left the same way. Like they they That's didn't right. experience God. They didn't encounter right. the love of God and right. love. Even if it says in the Word of God, love covers a multitude of sins. Right, love right. Covers. So 
when you're thinking about behavior mm-hmm. and I'm not getting healed, that means that I am now acting from a place of trauma. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So now you see why in church we got some of the mess that exists mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're just not real with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not even that I don't believe God is is good or that he, you know, because we can have a belief that God can and he, you know, whatever, but it's not that he could do it for me. Yeah. Right, you know? right. Like, I know he can heal. Maybe he's probably... He's just not healing me, or he's yeah. not you know, right for me. I know he's faithful. He's but faithful, but to me, maybe not to me. I and then know. we, and then it's a self-defeating cycle. We yeah. go mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. and we start reliving our trauma That's and going it. because oh my gosh, yesterday I was I was doing this and I was doing mm-hmm. this. But I know mm-hmm. he ain't healing me, like you know. And then, and then it right, back right. on an us thing, and it's not a God thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. A, yeah. Right. So when you talk about behaviors because you you mentioned behaviors and healing what kind of behaviors would you see out of someone who is in the process of being healed like what does that look like what are they what are they doing that lets you know that they're being healed I love this question because (laughs) we had an analogy a couple years ago but I don't know if you remember talked about a tooth Oh, yes. So I think before we get into the tooth, um, let's just first clarify that we are all being healed. Yes. We are all yes. okay. okay. through mm-hmm. the pain. It's a never-ending yeah, we, yeah, we're not like, I've, <laughs> I've arrived. Like, home alone. Harry, I've reached the top. Like, no, it's, it's not, not that. It's not right. Because as we live, we go through more we stuff, through more right? Stuff. Right, so, right, So right. you have different spectrums of mm-hmm. the healing journey, and you have people in different places. Yeah. Uh, some people are stuck. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the the one behavior that we'll notice is someone is stuck. They are living in the past or mm-hmm. they're living from a place of what used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there then is another step outside of stuck. There's then rebellion mm. where, you know, because of the pain of my past, uh, I internally am going to self-sabotage mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. I have now because I don't want to get close to what hurt me before. Right. Um, but in my wife's analogy with the two, so there's a difference between hurt and harm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for instance, the, the dentist said that you need all four of your wisdom teeth removed because you've been having pain mm-hmm. inside of your mouth. Um, the reality is it's going to hurt to either leave the teeth in mm-hmm. and it's going to hurt to take the teeth out. Right, right. So we have to get out of this, well, I'm hurting. Mm -hmm. Well, that hurt isn't always a negative component. It just means that there's something that either is changing or needs to be changed. Okay. Um, So when it comes to the teeth, if you're so concerned that I don't want to face any more pain, that I'm not going to go through the steps it takes to heal, Mm -hmm. well, then you're going to introduce something that's called harm. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you leave things in place in your life because you're afraid of the pain of having to deal with something, you're actually going to invite more harm Mm -hmm. in your life. But if you actually take the steps to heal, healing is at times going to hurt. Right, right. Whether that be emotional, like, you know, there's the going in your feelings and dissecting why is it that I'm feeling this way or where did this come from? Or maybe Mm -hmm. even going to seek a mental health counselor 
Right, say, right. You know, um, this is the trauma of my past. Help me to get through it. And some of those memories can be very painful to relive mm-hmm. or to revisit. Right but, I, right. but as my husband was saying, you need to go through the pain to and, and the hurt mm-hmm. to harm long term. And when right. you're moving forward and experiencing hurt and harm and doing the tough work, you're actually closer to healing than you were before. Right. But healing looks messy sometimes, Absolutely. you know, like this, this is not a, like a, a, a we're dropping through the tulips kind of uh, <laughs> right. process here. Like this, yeah. like some of the stuff we've been through is, is, is horrific and it's tragic and, mm-hmm. um, and it's hurtful. And so it's not going to be a process that we could just, you know, easily go through and, and not have our moments. We're going to have our moments. Right, right. But I think that's a part of the healing process, knowing that it's okay not to be okay. Right, right. It's okay to have those moments and to feel and to allow yourself to feel, because if not, you just suppress, suppress, suppress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you end up living from a suppressed place and it's going to come out. Right, right. So say I'm just now, you know, wanting to develop a relationship with God and I I want to... um, I guess, become a Christian, I guess, if that's, I guess, the best way I can think of saying it. (laughs) Um, What types of behaviors would I have to engage in to develop that relationship? What does that look like? What what do I have to do? You know, I had a very, very, very interesting conversation earlier around the same um, conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the first step is acceptance. Mm. Uh, number one, accept where you are, but know that God accepts you mm-hmm. where you are. Just right. like you are. Just yeah. like you are. Yeah. Um, I think that's the first thing. I mean, a lot of times we're looking to be accepted. We feel like we're missing out. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step is to change the belief system or we call it BS. Mm-hmm. Change mm-hmm. your BS. <laughs> right, right. And, and make sure that the first step is that um, God, uh, the, the God of the Bible, he accepts me mm-hmm. as is. In fact, when you were set to be his enemy, he demonstrated his greatest act of love that he could ever demonstrate. So right. as you're you're making that step of sometimes it's curiosity, mm-hmm. as you're taking steps of curiosity, curiosity is not a sin. no. Right, not, right, and I don't even think questioning God is not a sin. You know, having questions for God and and it's why this, and I, I I think He embraces that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, that's part of us being honest. As yep. I said, it's it's part of that. Here we are, flaws and all. Right, <laughs> right. Um, kind of kind of moment, and and I think for so long people have felt like behaviors have. Um, substantiated or affirmed or validated Christianity, they really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. It's the belief. So so to that point, once you believe that you are accepted, then you understand that behavior stem from your belief system. Okay. Okay. So Christianity, the religious form of Christianity says that you will be blessed when you do X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And it's so backwards because even science has disproved that logic that's been perpetuated where you have to first believe what you are and then mm-hmm. your lifestyle then acts in line with what you believe. For right. instance, um, when you're trying to lose an additional 30 pounds, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, if you believe that you're just overweight and that things will not get any better, then none of your behaviors are going to align with what you're attempting to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're trying to lose that additional 30 pounds, you're going to start acting like a fit person. Mm -hmm. Well, what does a fit person do? (laughs) Well, they monitor their portion sizes. Mm -hmm. A fit person makes sure that they craft out time on a consistent basis, three to five times a week Mm -hmm. to exercise. Now, externally, you might not look like the 30 pounds less, but as long as you can believe in the direction that you're going, then your behaviors line up with your beliefs. Mm -hmm. And so um, in church, it's so easy in some settings to go into a church and do a call and response. You know, when mm-hmm, I say mm-hmm. God is good, what you going to say? All the time. All the time. When I say uh, by Jesus' stripes, you are healed all, all the time. All the time. It's easy yeah. to call and response. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we say somebody is healed in the name of Jesus, they say, I'm healed. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, we tell them, well, don't get moved by how you're feeling because right, of right, right. the fact that what? You're still, at that time, you're still sick. Right. But it doesn't change the fact that you're healed. Right, right, and right. we tell them that all the time. When it comes to you're forgiven, mm-hmm. you have a hard time accepting that. Right. Like, ah. and, and the church doesn't necessarily say that either. So yeah. it's like... Um, well, I'm, I'm walking through my healing. We talk about that. All day. I can be sick as a dog, but I'm walking. Through right, my right, 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 right. Okay? We will not let somebody we say. We will not let somebody. I'm no. sick as a dog. Uh-uh. Watch what you say. You heal. By his right, right, right. But but let somebody say, oh, I've done this last night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well, you just a sinner. You need to get your right, right. Like, like, why do we flip? Why do <laughs> yes, we flip? The hypocrisy. You That's know, good. That we have That's in really one area, good. the double standards and, and people see that, you know, mm-hmm. people feel that. And, mm-hmm. and, and so when you've been forgiven and accept forgiveness of something that you don't deserve to be forgiven of, mm-hmm. it changes your behavior by a internal force that I can't explain. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that force to be the grace of God or God's Holy Spirit living mm-hmm. in us. But if for the everyday person who might not know what that is, it's like you feel like I did not deserve that good thing. So I really want to treat it right. So Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. this summer um, I happened to, uh, you know, uh, destroy my wife's, um, she she got a nice, nice vehicle and I I destroyed her tire and she was in the car. (laughs) And it was because I was looking at my phone as I was getting ready to leave the parallel parking on space. social media. I was on social media. Let's tell the whole truth. Let's plan. Yeah. <laughs> Since we out here talking about it, I was, I was I was not doing what I should have been when putting the car in drive. I was still looking at my phone, put the car in drive, mm-hmm. and did not notice that there was a curb readily approaching. Mm. So when I hit the the, uh, the curb the, was approaching you. The curb. Was and when I noticed it, it was too late and I was going too fast and I shattered her tire. Mm. And I know how I would act. Right. I, it was my vehicle and she shattered my tire because she was distracted at mm-hmm. the wheel. Mm-hmm. And Ashley was so calm, so calm. She was so... Um, Almost like eerily calm. Wasn't yeah, I, I? Like I was, expecting, he was a little nervous. I, I thought like she she gonna murder me while I'm driving. Like, it's gonna happen, and then she's gonna take the wheel and push me out. It's gonna look like an action movie. 
But do you know from that time forward, because of how she treated me when I deserved to be yelled at, mm. I made it a point to not touch my phone when mm. I'm in the car. She changed something in yeah, me. She not changed because your she told behaviors. me about what, what I wasn't. Right, right. She accepted me for where I was. She did mm-hmm. not accept the behavior. She said, now you do know right. this needs to get fixed. Right, right, right. But I love you, but you're going to take this to get fixed right right now. Right, right. <laughs> so we went from there to get it fixed, and it came out of my pocket. Well, our pocket. We share our money. You know, yeah. she's my sugar mama, though, for real. <laughs> and, and, but it was because I knew I deserved worse. Mm-hmm. That caused me to do better because I didn't get what I deserved. So yeah. right. um, even the scripture backs that up. It says mm-hmm. it's the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. Mm-hmm. Change of behavior. Right, right, right. Repentance. Word. Meta. Mind. Meta. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the word repentance in the Greek is metanosis. The changing mm-hmm. of the meta. The mind. Mm-hmm. Our belief. Yeah. Belief. Right. Yeah. System. Yeah. So it's God's goodness that we experience that changes our beliefs about him and about us, about ourselves, about our relationship with him. It changes everything. That's it. Right. So I have a question for you guys, because, you know, a lot of my listeners are the behavior analysts and we do things by the science. And, you know, we know that this, you know, if we do this, it'll change the behavior and this and, you know, we have our methods and our interventions and things like that. So. What would you say to the scientist, to the person, to the analyst who says, no, it's not, it's not God that is changing behavior. It's you. You as a pastor are putting certain antecedents uh, before your people. You guys are putting certain rule governed behavior, uh, rule, rules together um, using the Bible to change behavior. And it's not actually God-changing behavior. Yeah, so it's, I love this. I do too. So I, I had this conversation with this gentleman um, today. I mean, and because the question and, and uh, something that I'm going to be releasing here soon is a conversation on what's demonic possession, mm-hmm. what's demonic oppression, and what is actually a mental health crisis. Mm, okay. And there's a line, there's a thread that you have to follow to figure out like where this lies, because mm-hmm. the old school church says any mental health crisis was a demonic possession. Right. And right. they were wrong in that. That is not that is not true. Mm-hmm. There's a way to, to, to line that up directly. But I gave an analogy. Uh, first off, to answer the question, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with them back and forth. Um, right. Ain't first the chicken or the egg, you know. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, if you if you keep if you keep drilling, you're gonna find out that um, you know I got my rules from somewhere. Right, and, right. You know, so I'm not gonna argue with them. It's kind of like um, I scare people when I tell them I believe in the Big Bang Theory. Hmm. Hmm. I really okay. do. Um, and, and that freaks people out, especially from a Christian perspective, because they're like, "No, God created the heavens and the earth. What do you mean you believe in Big Bang? Yeah, in the beginning." God mm-hmm. said, let there be light and big bang. There was light. <laughs> right. I'm, not, I'm not going to argue right, right. You yeah. know, that. But <laughs> there, there, are under, there, there has to be an understanding where there's an element of grace, what God mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And then there's an element of faith, how we respond to what God does. Mm. So there's, an, there's a side that airs on, God, I need you to change this behavior in my life. If you want this out of me, then you'll take this out of me. And I'm just mm-hmm. waiting on him to remove it from me. And if he doesn't remove it from me, maybe he doesn't want it to be gone. And, you know, I'm just waiting. That's that's that you're wrong. You're, you're lazy. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. But you're, 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 you're not applying the word properly. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other side that says, it ain't about God. I got to hustle. I got to grind. I got to go. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Team, no hashtag no sleep. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Money ain't going to make itself. Right. And so they're working themselves to the bone. So they're in error. But there's a middle line. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think you were going to mention something. Yeah. I, I wanted to say that I partly agree with what they're saying as far as um, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Is is it up to the individual? Absolutely. It mm-hmm. is up to the individual. You have a choice. Right, right. right. To, and, and we all have values and we've all gotten our values from somewhere. From somewhere. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. we all have a value system that's embedded. We Whether we that's conscionable to us or not, it's still there. Right, um, right. But I will say it is definitely up to the person to make those actions. Is is there a God that's going to come down and consume your body and make you do this? No, <laughs> right. no, not. But I, I am a person that believes that what you consume, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to give out. Right, right. Right. And so if, if you are consuming a bunch of, and I'm just going to use it weight wise, if I'm consuming a bunch of junk food, mm-hmm. you know, the fruit of my junk food is not going to be so good on my body. <laughs> right. Everything, everything It's going to affect everything. And so I believe the Bible is, it's not even a bunch of um, spiritualities or whatever. A lot of the Bible is just simply common sense. Like, mm-hmm. And a lot of the yeah. rules it sets forth is not rules that are spooky spiritual. They're mm-hmm. just rules to help you have wiser dis- decisions in life so that you don't meet Jesus sooner. I right. mean, like, a lot of the stuff is just like if you live by these rules, whether that be um, um, eating right or maybe something in the sexual, you know, make, make sure you're pure. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you do all that stuff, then. Um, he's he's saying you're gonna have a better quality of life. Mm. That's, all. That's so a good way to put it. A, you know, like oh, if you don't do this, I won't. Or if you, can, it's not a conditional thing. It's just, a, hey, do you want to live a quality life? Right, right. That you right. can. Am I going to get mad at you if you don't do them? No, because he doesn't get mad at us if we don't do those things. But they're right. they're, they're simply a choice, and we all have choices. That's good. I like the way you guys put that. It's like we get rules from everywhere, or for somewhere rather. So it's not just oh, you guys are just telling people what to do. It's like, no, we're just giving you a guide by which to form those values, form those beliefs, form those rules or those rule governed behaviors that we talk about in the in the field. Um, it's not just, oh, you're going to be holier than thou type of situation. Right. <laughs> which and is, I think you can even put it in context of even motherhood. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. moms, you would tell your babies, hey, you might not want to put your hand on the stove. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and somebody would say, well, why is that a rule? They should just right. put their hand on the stove. Right. Let them <laughs> learn. Let them learn. But but the Bible is a lot like you can put your hand on the stove if you want to. Right. Mm-hmm, right. It's, it's sharing that common sense wisdom that, hey, you might not want to do that because you're going to put yourself in a lot of heart and a lot mm-hmm. of harm. It's going to hurt a whole lot. It's right. Do some skin grafting. Like it's going to be it's going to do it's going to be a lot. So, right. I think um, if we look at the Bible in terms of just um, prince, uh, not predominant principles, but just um, foundational values mm-hmm. that we can take to apply to our life. I think we could approach it better than a, than a bunch of rules. 
Right, right. Yeah. That makes sense. More values based than just rules. Like I can't do this because when you tell somebody they can't do something, more than likely oh, they're going to run, run and do I'm it. I'm going to do it all day, every day. I right. And then twice on Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me that. So is there anything else that you guys like want to share as far as, you know, what an individual who's having that, that battle between, oh, what the science says versus what the Bible says or what religion says, um, or having a relationship rather, I shouldn't keep saying religion, but having that relationship, how do they bridge the two? I think doing just that, uh, bringing them together and what they'll find out is that science confirms what the Bible has been proclaiming for thousands of years. So Mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, uh, Romans chapter one talks about how the earth, it declares the glory of God mm-hmm. and the the things that are on the earth just reinforce for us because there's some people who, A, don't know how to read. Um, and they have never learned how to read. Um, mm-hmm. Others who have never um, come across the Bible in written form that we have. So God has put things here in this earth that mm-hmm. just reinforce what is written. So I, I encourage someone to keep taking a look at the science. Yes. Uh, and then um, also find in scripture where the, you'll notice that the two line up. They mm-hmm. do not contradict. They don't. And there actually is a book. It's called The Case for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, this book was written by, and he was an atheist, a former atheist, and he did not believe there was God. And he believed that the sky, he believed Jesus did live, but he wasn't all this Messiah type Right, right. Stuff. Mm-hmm. So he went on a quest to mm-hmm. prove to the Christian world that this Jesus they're talking about was just a regular man and mm-hmm. that all this stuff really didn't exist. And so you see him in the book going through his journey of what he found mm-hmm. um, to be true about Christianity, about Jesus, and then learning at the end that there is very, very valid truth to what he had to say, talking to several scientists. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it wasn't just like one or two, several people he talked to to say, does this story line up? Could this stuff actually happen? Like right. timelines and found that there was a lot of validity and a lot of truth to what the word of God was saying. So um, just if that's a resource for anybody and, and out I'll there. I'll throw a bonus nugget out there for anybody wanting to understand the power of a personal relationship with God. Yeah. I want you to check out a study done on prayer by the University of Pennsylvania. Mm. So, search out the University of Pennsylvania, you will be amazed at what they discover just from a purely scientific perspective in the power of prayer. Mm. So I, I recommend, yeah, definitely search out science. And, yeah. and science is going to lead you right back to God. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. And I will say for any, for the relationship piece, if you're a person that's like, well, you know, I'm, maybe I could try this, this Jesus thing out. And I don't know, I'm not really too sure. You're like, where, where do I start? I will say this. Um, even if we talk about relationships, a lot of the relationships we have today were cultivated. They mm-hmm. just they just didn't naturally happen. And so I would say, you know, spend that time. If you're a person that has access to a Bible, mm-hmm. spend that time maybe in Psalms, right? Um, mm-hmm. In in Ephesians and look at, just read those scriptures. And if anything sticks out to you, um, just say, okay, Lord, can you reveal this to me even more? Reveal to me who you are. 
I right. think the Lord loves those invitations. He's that vulnerable God where he's like, ask me what you want. Mm-hmm. And we can come to him with that vulnerability piece and say, you know, I want to know who you are. You want to know who I am? I want to know who you are too. And and I believe that God will reveal himself and start revealing himself in those little pieces. But I will say, um, I know when your boys are out, Jarvell, and you're like out in the market or whatever, and they get away from you, right? They start running. Right, right. <laughs> call them. Like, let's just, you could be in a sea of 500 people. Mm-hmm. But you call their names. They might not even see you, but if you call their name, they go, oh, that was my Yeah, name. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they know your voice because they've spent time with you. And so right, like, right. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know this Jesus, this Jesus person. Spend time with his words so you can mm-hmm. do know how he sounds. Right, right. And then when and then when you're living your everyday life. Um, you'll you'll sense something in your heart and you go, was that Jesus? That had to be Jesus. Because I, you know, right, I, right. I learned to tune my ears to his voice. And so a relationship is so simple. Just start with the basics. Start with what you know. It doesn't have to be deep. Um, it could be in your room in private and you mm-hmm. know, in your bed at night. Just start there and God will meet you where you are. That's awesome. Like that's, I think, the best um, piece of advice is just spending that time getting in the word. Um, and as a, a behavior analyst, like, like I said before, when we first started, I, I wholeheartedly believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I read my Bible. I do all of those things, but I also know that there are others out there who look at religion or Christianity as just a construct of our, our own making, um, which is totally fine. Um, like you said, you look at the science, you look at religion, they don't contradict each other, but to some people they'll find, they can, if you look hard enough, you'll find what you're looking for. Um, you'll find that there's contradictions you'll find if you're looking hard enough for it. So I think I said all that to say, um, this is a wonderful conversation. Like I, I think that it should make others think more about religion, more about having relationship, more about spirituality, um, having those conversations with other analysts, having those conversations with other people who believe, who want to marry their belief system with the science. So, and I know there's a group out on Facebook who of analysts who have married Christianity with the science, which is amazing. So if you guys can, how can people reach you guys if they have any questions or if they just want to drop a comment to you? How can they reach you? Well, we have a one-stop shop uh, and, and the website is really simple. It's theoutlet.cc. So the T-H-E-O-U-T-L-E-T, theoutlet.cc. And on there, you'll be able to find all of our handles, um, our website, uh, on our website, you'll be able to get in contact with us directly. Um, We have a lot of free um, content available. We just really believe in empowering people uh, to live the best way that they've been created to live. So um, a lot of our material to this date is available for free. So excellent. um, do that we're on youtube facebook instagram but all of that can be found at the outlet.cc and uh we enjoy conversations we enjoy questions we enjoy having dialogue i think for too long the church has had a monologue right and right it's time to honestly sit back and and get questions asked and and have some critical thought given to a lot of the 
presuppositions that have been passed for many years. Thank you so much for both of you guys. I mean, I'm just so happy to see you guys. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, I'm just really <laughs> excited about this conversation that we just had. So for everybody, everybody listening or everyone listening, please make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. Let me know what you think. Go to lifewithbehavioranalysis.com or you can catch me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Life with ABA. So make sure that you check us out. Let us know what you think. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Life with Behavior Analysis podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share. Also, make sure you check out our website for more content. See you next time. Bye.